Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastside.co. As we were singing, there were so many times that we proclaimed the message that the Lord wants to share this morning with us. And with me, you got to understand when a pastor shares, when somebody shares from here, usually they're living it (laughs) and they have to experience it at a much greater level. If it's anointed, then you're going to experience it on Sunday. And, uh, and so I just want to say that as a reminder of what God, I think is reminding us this morning. And that is this, which is the title for you title followers The great I am goes before you. Why don't you turn to somebody to your left and to your right and say, the great I am goes before you. Now, that is not a small thing. Would you agree? Now, listen to me, really, seriously, seriously, listen to me. His desire above all things is to go before you. We sang the song, You Split the Sea. That's exactly right. And nobody's near as excited as. (laughs) Or they just don't express it. Are you that that excited on the inside? Good. (laughs) That's so cool. He goes before you. He split the sea wide open. But here's the deal. Here's where we miss it. And it's so oftentimes we want the benefits. And this is always preached. It's constantly preached. I want the benefits without, without the relationship. And it's a really a sad state of affairs. We want the benefits of being a son or daughter of God. We just don't really want the relationship. You know, Jesus said, come, follow right he said come and follow me he his desire is to go before you now to go before you you have to be in relationship with him you have to be in intimate relationship with him do you know and this is not in the notes do you know i don't ever do this but do you know that it's impossible to be in intimate relationship with any person or deity without conversation You need to be incredibly good at communication with your God. If you could grow in one area in your life, it would be your communication with God. You see, what we do, what we do, and I'm just giving you some some things that I believe that I see in people as they, with all their heart, want to follow God. They just don't quite know how to connect the dots. But here, here's the, we go to our prayer closet even at times, and I don't know how rare that might be, but we go and we pray and we actually bring our prayer requests to God. We say, Lord, you know, this is my situation. Lord, what would you have me do here? Lord, what would you, 
you know, what do you want me to do? What's, what's your will for me? Whatever. What about this relationship? Or what about work? Or how long am I going to have to put up with this? Or what about this woman or this man? Or, you know, whatever it might be. How long is it going to be before you do your deal with them? And then we get up, and that's where communication stops. And you can't follow God without communication. You have to be constantly asking the questions and listening for a response from God. Because he did not lead those people across that Red Sea without communication. We studied on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, we studied Joshua chapter 1. And this is what he said. He said, Joshua, I want you to be strong and of good courage. Because it's going to be hard to do what I'm about to do. And I want you, and you're going to be fearful because it's going to look overwhelming. It's going to look much bigger than you are. How many of you know that if you can do it without God, it probably God's not in it? It's always a bigger task than you want to take. And he says to you and me, be strong and courageous because of what I'm about to take you through is bigger than your capability. And he says, now listen, this is what I want you to do. I want you to know my word. I want you to meditate it. I want it to be in your mouth, not in your brain, not in your heart, but in your mouth day and night. Don't swerve to the left or to the right from doing my word. And when you do my word, you, because you do my word, will make your way prosperous. You will be successful in everything you do. Don't you want to be successful? How many want to be successful with your finances? How many would raise your hand? Now, it takes income with finances, but the problem with the church is the outgo much more often than the income. We spend more than we have. But how many of you would say, and you don't have to raise your hand, I, I really want to be successful in my finances? Well, God, do you know, talks about money in Scripture more than he talks about heaven. Because he knows that that's going to be a vital clog to the, to the wheel of success as we know it here on this earth. But God wants you to be there in relationships, in your marriage, and your child rearing. Child rearing is difficult, and there are all kinds of philosophies about how to raise children, and they usually pass away. I can remember when I was a kid, my mama used to uh, listen to Dr. Oz, I think his name was. Spock. Oh, it sounded better. Spot sounds like whatever you do with your hands. Anyhow, they came back about 10 years after I grew up, and she raised me that way, that that way didn't work. And obviously they were right. <laughs> but there's philosophies. But here's the deal. The philosophies that God wants you to adapt are in his word. And he says about how to raise children, don't swerve to the right or to the left. He says, he says, teach them the ways of God as you walk during the day. Show them how to follow me. How do you show a child how to follow God without conversation with God? Without being able to communicate with the Lord. And if you ask people to pray, they're like, oh, I can't pray. 
If you can't pray, you can't do nothing. That's the truth, isn't it? You can't follow God. And he's saying, he's saying, come, follow me. Come, go with me. How do you do that? Don't swerve to the left or to the right. Do it the way I told you to do it. Don't adopt another philosophy. Now, if you'll look in Scripture, he gives us the tendencies of humankind to swerve to the left or to the right. When Moses went on top of the mountain, they made the idol, right? You see, you see the whole clan getting, getting together and making an idol. And they said, we're going to make this God, this image, this graven image, and we're going to, he, this image, this goofy image made of gold, is going to be the God that goes before us. We're going to have this image of how to do things that's outside of of our relationship with you, and we're going to ask it to go before us. Well, the same thing was true with Israel. Israel was the only nation on earth around them at the time that didn't have a king. And they said about themselves, Lord... We want a king like the rest of the world to go be for us. To be our representative. To go before us. There are always things in your life. There are always philosophies. There's always going to be world systems. There's always going to be Oprah's. I mean, there's a ton of them telling you how to think. They're all over television. They're telling you how to be tolerant. They're telling you what you ought to feel and how you ought to feel about things. I mean, there's all kind of vain philosophies all over the place that want to go before you, and you've got to decide whether you're going to let the God of the great I am be the one who goes before you or whether you're going to raise up a graven image. And let it go before you. A philosophy of men. A king. Instead of the king. The great I am. (laughs) None of that's in my notes. And so I have four pages sitting here in 15 minutes. I've got to go. But that's good right there, wasn't it? Isn't that just the way it is? So listen, if you want the promises of God, and I'm going to read them. I'm going to read some things to you, and we'll go over a lot of Scripture. If you want them, there's one way to get them. Serve the God that goes before you. And let the great I am do, be that God. Enthrone him. Jesus says it this way. Take up your The instrument of death, your cross, your instrument of death, and follow me. Die to your way of thinking and adapt mine. Genesis chapter 28.10, if you've got your Bibles open with me. Genesis chapter 28.10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
I'm amazed. I'm blown away. <laughs> I know the prophet said, I'm a worm and not a man. I fit, you, you understand what, that, what he's saying when you, when, you, when you think about the greatness and the goodness and the faithfulness of God and you understand your mind and your heart and you, and you understand how, how Jesus referred to us in the church as an adulterous generation. We, 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 our hearts are adulterous. I mean, we, we, we ebb and flow in our, in our pursuit of God. It, 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 it comes and it goes. We're not faithful to the things of God, and we have to be drawn back to it. We have to come back to the ways of God. And that's the call, I believe, this morning for, for many of us, for me, is to be reminded that, that, that the great I am, the one who walked with Moses, who, who taught with Abraham, who, who led David, who, who empowered Goli- uh, 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 um, uh, Samson, who, who did all the incredible works, wants to go before me. He wants me to be victorious. He wants me to be prosperous in everything I do. And he has given me a way as his child, as as part of his family, to be able to be successful in everything. How is that? Keep the main thing the main thing. Keep him the center. Converse with him as oft as I converse with my wife or my children or as often as I converse with anybody, to not let anything be greater than he. And I'm reminded that the great I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, is my God. He's my God. He's in love with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and he put it on his head and he lay down in a place to sleep. And then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached the heavens and the angels of God were ascending and descending on that ladder. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give you and your descendants. Also your descendants shall be the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. How many of the families of the earth, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you. Say that with me. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. That is a word from the Lord. 
He will not leave you until he has done what he has spoken to you. Until the promises that he has given the church are true. Until they yes and amen. How do you receive the promises of God? You worship him and him alone. You love his word. You remember last week we talked about John chapter 14 verse 21. It says, if you'll love my word, if you'll do it, the Father's going to be pleased. He's going to love you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to send the Spirit. And we're going to make our home with you. The Father and the Son, the great I am, the Holy Spirit, is going to make its home with you. When? When you meditate on his word. And when you do it, and it says the word won't return void. All right, here we go. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Golly, there's so much in there. I ain't never going to get to my message. How many have experienced life and you felt like God was far away? He wasn't near you. Jacob was like that. He didn't have understanding. We see that in Scripture all the time. Jesus said, I will never, ever, ever leave you or forsake you. He is always with you if you are his. Now, you can push him away. You can stiff arm him. You can choose other gods. You can make decisions to adopt the philosophies and the ways of the world and walk away from the ways of God and the blessing of God, but he is still with you. And you may get the fruit of what you decide and what you do, but the Lord your God is with you if you are his. And all you have to do is stop where you are and have conversation with him. And he says to you, here I am. Now, instead of, instead of over there on that path where we were, and I had you right next to prosperity and success and victory in this area. You were just like 10 days away. And you took a left. And then you walked and you walked and you walked and you walked. And now you find yourself way over here when you need to be way over there. And so now... What I have to do is get you back over here so I can take you where I was taking you. You can go back over here. Right? Isn't that right? But he's not left you. Somebody needs to hear that. He's not left you. You left him. You left his ways. You left his word. You left the conversation. Or it either was one-sided. God, I want you to do this. And if you don't do this, I'm going to do this anyway. 
Because I think it's right. <laughs> That's what we do, isn't it? I didn't even know you were here, God. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And then Jacob rose early in the morning and took a stone that he had, and he had, that he had under his head and he said, that he had set up as a pillar. And he poured oil on it. And he called the name of the place Bethel. That's why every church in the county is named Bethel Methodist, Bethel Baptist, Bethel everything. Because it means the house of God. But the name of that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in this way, what I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I can come back to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And all of that you, and of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. And so Jacob comes to this place where he says, and it's somewhat of a confused place, but I think it's really interesting. He says, this is the gate of heaven. There's a place in scripture when Jesus is being baptized and it says the heavens open and obviously there was this there was this ability for John to see the spirit of God come down and fill Jesus but it looked as if he said and the heaven opened it it wasn't this giant zipper Look, heaven's opening. That's not what it was. It was the ability to see something that was always there. Boom. See it all the time in Scripture. It's the same thing that you see here with Jacob when he says, I didn't know that God was there. Listen, God is with you. He is everywhere. He wants to show you incredible things. He wants to have conversation with you. He wants to use you as his ambassador. You are a king and a priest to your God, the great I am. You are it. There is no other. I'm not it any more than you're it. You're the king. You're the priest. You're an ambassador. You're a foreigner on this earth. Quit trying to build your own kingdom here. You don't want to stay here. Our home is in heaven. This is not our home. We are aliens here. Quit trying to make your place here. Listen. My, my wife and I have been talking. Jimmy Smith, by the way, mama died. Yesterday. So if you need Jimmy Smith's address to send it, we need to flood him with cards. He's, he's a single man. He doesn't have much family except this family. So where is she? I hear her. There she is. Can we make that available? Is that a possibility at the information desk at the end of the service so that you can send him something? Okay. Liz and I were just talking about our parents, my mom especially, and her dad. They died in 2002. 
And uh, Brittany remembers Mama and loved her. And Mama loved Brittany. But when Brittany dies, nobody's going to remember Mama. You see, Mama only had influence on us. And she was able to influence this generation and this generation. Now, she influenced people around her, but they were her age mostly or my age or something like that, right? And then she goes on to heaven, and that's where she is. That's where she, her home is. But when Brittany dies, nobody's going to know Mama. And we work all our lives trying to go down this road instead of the road that God has us to go down. And I just want to tell you, I want to encourage you. Before the foundation of the world, while you were in your mother's womb, God had a plan for you. And that plan wasn't that you were going to be the CEO or the chief financial officer or whatever it might be of Wrigley's gum or whatever at Wrigley's Field. I sat with him one day. That's why it came to mind. That's not God's plan for you was to see how many people in your generation that you can influence for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven. That's his plan. That's his will. Be about his business. He's saying to you, don't come follow me to build your kingdom. Come follow me to build mine. Thank you. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's what he's saying to us. Come follow me. Come follow me. Watch me split the sea. The place that looks uncrossable. Let me, let me. And I'll, I'll never leave you or forsake you. I'll never leave you or forsake you. Until I do in you and through you what I saw when you were in your mother's womb. And that is exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can imagine or think. It's outside of your ability to perform on your own. You remember what I said at the beginning of the message? If it's, if it's too small for you, or if it's small enough for you to, to, to get accomplished, you probably don't need God. God is the one who splits the seas. God is the one who, who stopped the Jordan River so that they could cross, and he did it as the priest got in, as the presence of God, the representation of the presence of God going before them came. It stopped everything. In Scripture, it talks about how the sun stood still in Joshua. He stopped. The day until he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish that day. God is the great I am. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I don't know what he wants to do with you. I haven't seen a sea split open. I've stood at the, at the Sea of Galilee. I've stood at the Dead Sea. I've stood at the Mediterranean Sea. I've got a pond in my backyard, front yard. I, I, I've stood there, and I've never seen sea split. 
But I've seen people that I never thought would ever, ever, ever turn their life over to God, turn their life over to the king. You would think, if it, no, that person is not going to be a Christ follower. And not only are they not a Christ follower, but they are people who have tremendous influence in the kingdom of God. The biggest partiers, the biggest broken people who get anointed by God, who, who come into the kingdom, who've made stupid decisions, but they have an encounter with the Most High God and he splits things open and begins to do things in them that only he can do. Amen. I'm one of them. Me too. Amen, brother. <laughs> That's good. How many would say, me too? And it's just the beginning, y'all. Let me just give you, I'm just going to real quickly prove my point. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them, people who are contrary to the ways of God. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Deuteronomy 31.8, and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Now, uh, Aaron came with me just a minute ago, came up to me during worship and said, this might be the sermon. I believe this is the place. He said that some of us need to take, and he used fear. He said, fear that's going to keep you from becoming what God wants you to become. If you've got fear and it rises up, you need to hold it in your hand. You need to actually put it out in front of you and, and, as if in, in, in your mind's eye and say, there's fear. And I'm going to put that fear at the foot of the cross. And I'm going to be strong and courageous. I'm going to be strong and courageous. And I'm going to be sure to engage God in this. And he's going to speak to me and direct me and make my path straight. Yes. You need to lay it down. Lay down those things that are hindering you from being everything that God wanted you to be. Joshua chapter 1, 5. No man shall be able to stand against you, Joshua, in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, I want to ask you a question. Who was Joshua? Was he a man? Yes. He was a man. He had flesh and blood. He had a heartbeat. He had stood in awe for years and years looking at Moses going, Wow, man, God really uses him. Man, what an awesome man. He served Moses, and then it was Joshua's turn. And God said about him, Listen. I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. Jesus says to you and me, if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, then we're going to do greater things than the Son of Man. How do you do that? Not without conversation. Not without humbling yourself. Not without letting him go before you. Not without following him. Not without submission and worship. Not without knowing his word. There's one in Kings chapter 8 verse 57. It's too long. It might be my favorite. 1 Kings chapter 8 verse 57. Read that when you get home if you want to. First Chronicles 28.20, David said to Solomon, Be strong and of good courage. Does that sound familiar? And do it. 
Be strong and of good courage and do it. Y'all thought Nike came up with that. That was actually David talking to Solomon. Do not fear nor be dismayed for the Lord God, my God, will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you until you have finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. Psalm 37, 28. For the Lord loves justice, and he does not forsake his saints. Now, I know you might look in the mirror and have a hard time thinking that you're a saint. But it is just a name change. You you, you traded in. You transferred name center and became saint when you gave your life to Jesus. Isaiah 41.17, the poor and needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues fall, fail for thirst, and the Lord will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. Isaiah 42, I will bring the blind by a way that they did not know. This is phenomenal. I will bring the blind by the way that they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. I don't know where you might be right now. But the ways of the Lord will bring you victory. The ways of the Lord will make you prosperous. You need to stay steadfast. You need to be strong and courageous and do not fear. Do not fear and do not put time frames on it. That's what we do. That's how the devil gets you. Did you know that? When you go to the Lord and you ask him for something and you begin to pray about something, where you lose heart and where you're most weak, if God doesn't do it on your time frame, You want him to do it now or next week or in two weeks or in three months or in six months. And he says, no, this is a 10-year deal. And you say, well, if it's going to be 10 years, God, then I'm going to figure out another way. He says, okay. I see how that works for you. But when you get there, and you get at the end of your rope, and when you call my name, I will be there because I will never leave you or forsake you because I am the faithful God. Hebrews 13.5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? Jesus said this. Speaking to his disciples, the last thing he said, all authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. 
Say that with me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, what are we to teach them? To observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of of the church age. Incredible reminder, isn't it? The Lord wants to go before you. He wants you to follow him. He wants to split the seas in your life open so that you can walk through on dry ground. So that your path can be straight. He makes the crooked way straight. He gives the blind person, even though you can't see how he's going to do it, he's going to show you a way that you never thought of, is what he said in Scripture. Why? Because he's a faithful God. Because he's a God who loves you. And it's never going to leave you or forsake you. And because his word never returns void. And because he lifts his word above his name. Let's stand for closing prayer. Once again, thank you for listening to the East Side Church podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, please visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.